I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. Love that phrase. Look, we all have issues. We all struggle. We're all in this life together. And I think we need each other. And it helps. It helps when we have um, others to reflect on. Look, if you're struggling, give us a call. 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. Maybe you're struggling with some fear around this coronavirus. Maybe you're struggling with some anger around a relationship. Maybe you're struggling with some depression. Maybe even at the end of winter here or in the throes of winter, however you want to see it, that are keeping you down. If you do, give us a call. 866-391-1020. I see today, I had a powerful experience today. I, I, as I said, I was speaking in a prison today. And we were talking about this concept of thinking. Think about this. You are the, the ruler of your internal world. Like no one else has a say. You are the only one. Whatever you say goes in your internal world. So I want you to look out over the landscape of your internal world and ask yourself, what's it look like? Is that a peaceful place? Is it a place where you look out and you see wars, you see battles? What do you see when you look inward? Because the reality is you and you alone are the only one in control of that internal world, that kingdom within. So ask yourself what's going on. If you're struggling with it and you're trying to look for different solutions, give us a call, 866-391-1020. So I want to go to some questions because there are a lot of people out there who are struggling. And sometimes, sometimes it's just knowing that others are going through something. It helps us. It helps us get through it. So I did this YouTube channel, and it's funny because when you do this YouTube channel, you hear from people all over the world. Like we say, we just got a beautiful call from Elena in uh, California from tuning into that YouTube channel. But you also hear things at times where people are just angry. So I have this anger management video, and I pulled up these uh, questions, and I was going to read a particular question. But I just got a new comment, and one of the videos, this guy says, you uh, blank uh, you blank, blank, you, you really anger me. I'm going to say, <laughs> you really anger me, but he said it not in those words. And it's funny because you can do stuff. You can do a video where the same people, some people can thank you. Some people can be angry. It's what's going on in that internal world. That's why I would never take that comment personally. Nobody in a place of peace is going to react and be reactive in a mean way toward you. So I think that's, I think that's really important to know. Okay, so here's the question um, from Luis. Hi, I am a widower with five children. Two of my kids are really disrespectful. I would like some advice, please. So Luis, great question. Thank you so much for your question. Your children are, uh, you have a couple children who are being disrespectful. So I think this is a really powerful uh, question because I deal a lot with respect. And this concept of respect, because I do so much work in a prison system and in many sen- in, in, a, in a huge sense in the prison system, respect is almost a deity like you will you will respect me or else. And so I was talking about this concept of there's a difference between demanding respect. In other words, telling people you will respect me and commanding respect. In other words, living a life that people actually want to emulate. 
So when we think about this with our children, our children not being respectful, there are a couple things that come to mind. The first thing is this. When your children are being disrespectful, there's a chance that you're interpreting it as disrespect because you're taking their natural inclination to strive for pleasure and avoid pain personally. In other words, your children at all times as children are probably going to want to, hey, I would like this and I want to do this and I want what I want when I want it. And it's our jobs as parents to set limits. And when our children challenge those limits, I think one of the most important lessons we can learn is it's not personal when they lash out about those. That's not fair. And they tantrum and they say this and that, but that's not disrespect. It's a natural inclination for people want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. So children want what they want when they want it. That's not wrong or bad. That's impulsivity. As a matter of fact, when we really understand this, this is pretty cool to recognize. They did a study years ago with adolescents and with adults, and they did uh, some like brain scans as they were talking to them. So they have these people in a room, and they're talking to the adults, and then later on they bring adolescents in the same spot, same conversation, same words. In the adults' brains, their frontal cortex, their higher-level thinking was lighting up. In the adolescents' brains, it was the limbic system or your emotional center of your brain. That was what was lighting up. So what do we learn from that? We learn that children are going to be emotional around events that we might think is all about logic. And the reason for that is the human brain doesn't fully form until 24. Some people might even say 28 years old. And so your children, when they will have a natural, Luis, when your children are striving for, uh, oh, I want this and I want what I want. It's not disrespect. It's they want what they want. And it's your job as a parent to say, no, this is the limit. So I believe really strongly in this for the, I call it the four C's of parenting. Choices, consequences, consistency, and compassion. In other words, we teach our children, you have a choice. We do. We have a choice. Your children even have a choice to not listen to you. I'm not saying that shouldn't be followed by a consequence because it should, but I'm just saying they do have that choice. So they have a choice, then there's a consequence, and then consistency. In other words, if I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it. Otherwise, my children learn that my word is not my bond, and now that's on me because I chose to say something I would do and then chose not to follow through with it. And then finally, uh, so that's consistency, I'm following through, and then compassion. In other words, the main point for us as parents is to give our children love, to keep them safe, and to teach them, guide them. And we can do that by following that 4C. So if you want to learn more about that, by the way, here's a good plug for my book, Zen Parent, Zen Child. If you want a Zen child, you got to be a Zen parent. You can't just expect your children to wake up and be Zen if you don't lead with Zen but maybe something's getting in the way of yours, and if it is, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Would love to hear from you. I think when you tell your story, you empower others to, who are also struggling. So would love to hear from you, 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. 
Welcome back. It's emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. We're here at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you're struggling with anything, literally anything, give us a call. 866-391-1020. We've talked about, there's so much, look, emotional management is prevalent everywhere because, like I say, I have a tagline, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have issues and dead people. So if you're alive, you have issues, so do I. We all do. But the question is, how do we deal with them? Well, we're going to do it together. 866-391-1020 is a number. Give me a call. So... I got this uh, uh, message from Alexander, who is a manager at a hotel dealing with irate people. And he wants to know how he can improve his de-escalation skills to better serve his staff and his guests. Alexander, thank you so much uh, for the question. That's a great question. So you're dealing with irate people. Look, that's a challenge, So here's the thing. The first thing we tend to do, and this is funny. I was doing a training uh, with officers today, and I said the first thing we, our inclination as human beings is when somebody does something, we want to be like, you need to calm down. Now, I asked people, I asked a group of officers today, I said, when in the history of your life were you angry and someone came up to you and said, you need to calm down? Did it ever work? And you say, oh, yeah, you're right. I just didn't think of that. I do need to calm down. So we, there are things that can definitely set uh, set people off. When you're dealing with de-escalation, when someone comes to you, I mean, I wrote a book about this. Alexander, I definitely want you to check it out. It's called um, Walking Through Anger, but it's all about recognizing three things. You have to do three things. So a person comes to you, they're irate. And your first thought is, you need to calm down and not be irate. Well, you can't do that because as long as you do that, then you're shutting them down from expressing what they want to say. And so the goal is to first and foremost, listen. So there are three things. It's a three-step process. Listen, validate, and explore options. But when you listen, when the person comes at you, Alexander, here's the thing. You're going to say, you're going to want to try to tell them what they're thinking. And the goal is to not do that. The goal is to listen openly as if you have no idea what they're going to say and as if you really, really want to hear what they have to say. And then when you listen, the next key is this, to validate them. In other words, acknowledge that perspective where they're coming from because they're angry, they're irate for a reason. Think about all the factors that contribute to someone being irate. And I'm not talking about all the factors you see, because that's easy. Because you could look and say, oh, well, look, well, this person's uh, room was charged an extra $50. And so that's why they're irate. No, a person's room being charged $50 doesn't typically make them irate. What makes them irate are a lot of experiences up until that point. So in other words, if the person had just won $50 million, then paying an extra $50 is not going to make them irate. But if they're down to their last penny and they have to pay an extra, now that's different. So think of, there's so many factors that come into it. So people come into your hotel, they, they, they get angry. You listen, you validate. And then once you validate, and what I mean by validate is really get into their world and try to see things from their perspective. 
We did this with a caller earlier tonight when she's struggling with people who are being rude and being mean and, and saying the wrong things and being judgmental. But even still, my advice is try to see the world through their eyes. Because when we do that, it changes them. So this is awesome. When I started in this field in the 1990s, I didn't, we didn't know the type of stuff that we know today. And now with brain scan imaging and with understanding more neuroscience, I'm able to say with confidence that there are certain things we do. There are words that we say that either elicit people's defensiveness or circumvent people's defensiveness. And when we're able to listen to people and validate them and drain that limbic system and, and kind of really see things from their perspective, then they don't anymore have a need to keep trying to explain why they're angry. And so they're able to get through that emotion. And now we can explore options. So where do we go from here? You were charged an extra $50. Is it now what do we, let's work the problem. Let's come back to the top of the show. We talked about with Reed Wiseman, the astronaut I've interviewed before who works the problem consistently. Let me work the problem. So let's work the problem. So let's say you were charged an extra $50. Now let's work the problem. What do we do from this moment forward? Maybe it's talk to somebody. Maybe it's write a letter. I don't know, but whatever it is, let's work the problem. Let's figure out what the solution is. So listen, validate, and explore options. That's how we handle it. It's, it's interesting because I was talking about my theory um, about three or four years ago, I was presenting to about 500 mental health specialists, and I was talking about this approach. I call it yield theory, and uh, this three steps, listen, validate, explore options. And a woman came up to me at the break, and she was pretty condescending, and she looked down at me, and she said, that's your big theory, three things? I said, yeah, but if you think about it, all Bruce Lee ever did was move, block, and hit, and he did pretty well for himself. <laughs> so I said... I said, look, what uh, Michael Jordan just shot the basketball, I guess. So if you're just breaking it down to that, yeah, all I'm talking about is three things. But here's the deal. I wasn't going to make a theory that was so complex that people had to study in school for 50 years to try to figure out some of the words. It's listen, validate, explore options. Now, yes, there are seven fundamental components that drive it. And yes, it can go as deep as you want it to go. But ultimately, the actions are that. Listen, validate, explore options. We put it on the cover of the book, Walking Through Anger, because it's right there. But look, you know as well as I do, it's not just knowing something. It's practicing it. I say all the time, life is not complex. But my God goodness does it take effort if the effort that you're looking or you're putting into your life is coming up short and you'd like some support some guidance give me a call 866-391-1020 is the number but alexander thank you for your question i appreciate that i think it's important to learn how to how to handle those people who are escalated because you're going to deal with that and the truth is there's so many of you out there who are listening who really do deal with people who are angry all the time maybe it's customers or whatever and let's say you have a particular experience and you say well i i, I have a i i want to know how to handle this one how would you handle this one call us up 866-391-1020 so i have another question um about it said this is from my de-escalation video and they say can you give me some examples like how does this actually work um so yes i'm going to give you some examples about this so here's an example 
I was uh, talking to someone. I was in a, a prison one time, and there was a lockdown. And when the lockdown happened, one of the inmates was kicking her door. It was a women's prison. So she was kicking her door. Oh, boy, she was kicking it, beating on it. She was really angry. She said, this lockdown shouldn't be happening. So um, I came into that uh, block where she was, and I came up and I talked to her. I said, what's going on? She said, this is so messed up. This shouldn't be happening. And so now this is an example of instead of me telling her, well, it should be happening or it is happening, it's listening first. And so I try to put myself through her eyes and see what she might be experiencing. And I thought if I was stuck in a 10 by 7 cell, I'd probably think this is pretty awful too. So I validated that. Like, yeah, this is, it sucks. This is awful. And immediately she calmed down. Immediately she changed her tune and she said, and I said, look, here's the deal. It is a tough situation. It's so hard. But the reality is that if you keep kicking that door, eventually your foot's going to hurt. And now the lockdown is still going to be in place, but you're now going to have a sore foot. And by kind of listening and validating and bringing it to the part where we could explore that option of saying, you can still do that. But if you do that, obviously the consequence is going to be something that you might not like. Well, that shifts the conversation. This is an example of what it takes. Look, I'd love to hear from you. 866-391-1020 is the number. If you're struggling with fear about anything, it doesn't have to just be fear. Anything that's inhibiting your inner world from being a world of peace, give me a call. Let's try to figure that out. 866-391-1020 is the number. And if you get a chance, jump on the internet, go to YouTube, type in Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E, and you'll see videos on a variety of subjects. But I want to try. If, and if there's a video you want me to do, write in. Let me know. Um, definitely trying to hit topics that people want to hit. And if you're in the bookstore, check out Walking Through Anger. It is my latest book. And it's something I'm passionate about. we got a whole lot more coming up tonight. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. We're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. 866-391-1020 is the number if you want to be a part of the show. Let's go to the phone lines now. Bob, you're on Emotional Management. Welcome to KDKA Radio. Well, thank you, doctor. Uh, you know, one of the things, and I deal with hundreds of people, a couple hundred at least a day, and I know if I raise my voice, they're going to raise their voice. And it's just it's not uh, conducive to resolving the issue. Uh, but yep. the other thing is, uh, if, if, we, uh, if we just keep our voice calm and quiet, it's amazing how their voice will so- suddenly come down and be more quiet and understanding. So I just, uh, you know, it's tough because there's, uh, there's a lot of people out there who are just angry and they're looking for a fight. But, uh, you know, if you're on that, uh, <clears throat> on that front line, and you're doing your thing, and, and you have to deal with service, you have to deal with money, you have to deal with uh, other issues. I just think that, you know, being calm and just remember, it's not your problem, it's their problem. So you need to just calm down, and, and, and their voice will come down too. No, I love that. I actually really, I, I think that's so smart. And you're right, it's interesting because you i love the way you said it's not conducive like that volume you're so right so i was asking people today i said look at the end of the day what is your goal if your goal is to get someone to do something then is what you're doing 
contributing to that or is it inhibiting that? So that's a real important question for us to ask. Exactly. So I, I just, uh, I, you know, you, like you said, you have to put your, sometimes you have to put yourself in their place and be more mindful and understanding. Yeah, I know. You're right. I appreciate that a ton. Are, is there anything that I could help get? I mean, are there, are there anything you're struggling with or right now tonight you're offering some insight? I think, first of all, I love that insight. Well, work is work, and sometimes it can be uh, a little difficult, but uh, I'm working through that, and I'll just be fine. Everything works out. I've, I'm 71 years old, so I've been through a lot. So I, I'll be all right. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you a ton, Bob. Take care, sir. Thank you. Look, I think there are so many good people out there doing really good work and recognizing that, look, life is not going to line up always exactly the way you want it, but that's all right. It's not the end of the world. If we watched, if you watched a movie tonight, would you want to watch a movie where someone sat and stared at the floor for two straight hours? You'd say, this is ridiculous. I need some action. I need some adventure. I need something to go on here. And now let's think about your own life. There are going to be action. There's going to be adventure. There are going to be things happening that might not always be what you choose to be happening. Because we might not always choose what happens to us in life, but we always choose how we respond to what happens. So if you're wondering about how did we respond, let's come back to this whole fear we have around the, the coronavirus, any virus, whatever it is. The fear that you might have, let's ask yourself... Are you panicking or can you step back and say, hold on a second. Let me just think this through. What do I need to do? What is my solution? And ultimately, our solution to take care of our health is to make sure that we're doing the things that we would do normally. We eat healthy. We exercise. You know, you wash your hands. You just be smart about how you go through your day and be mindful. Look, being mindful can go a long way. So I, you know, I belong to a gym and I go to this gym and it's interesting because I'll see people at times go in and out of a restroom, not, not wash hands or anything like that. And I see that and I think, listen, there's something little you can do. You can stop and think when you take care of your hygiene you're actually being thoughtful of others because you're doing what you can to avoid getting anything, you know, getting something contagious. But let me take this a step further. In the re- even even in a basic, you run into the restroom, you could think if you you want to clean the sink that's in front of you, do you want to leave a mess? Like there is a footprint that you're leaving behind no matter where you are. No matter what you do in life, you're leaving a footprint. You're making an imprint on the world, whether or not that imprint is what you want it to be or whether or not it's something that you think it should be. The reality is you're leaving an imprint. So I say let's be mindful of it. Let's be mindful of that imprint. And one of the biggest lessons that I think so many people, I think I would have, I think this is a lesson that we could have, we could all benefit from, from a very young age. And that is this people are watching our actions they don't see our intentions. They only see our actions. And so that's what this means is what you put out there in the world, people are seeing, they're responding to. 
Now, that also means this. When you encounter people who are struggling in fear, maybe that fear is appropriate or maybe that fear is maybe misplaced or excessive. And when you see people, instead of telling them, don't have that fear, listen to them, validate what's going on with them, and then explore the really important options of what do we do from this moment forward? How do we work the problem? How do we keep ourselves and others safe? Well, I think it begins with taking care of yourself. If you've ever flown on a plane, one of the things they tell you is put your mask on you before you put it on someone else. And the concept is you got to take care of yourself first. You have to put oxygen mask. If you don't have oxygen, you're not going to be able to breathe to be around to save somebody else. Anybody who's a parent out there, my wife and I said this when we were flying with our daughters. They said, make sure you put your wife, your, your wife, make sure you put your mask on you before you on your children. We both looked at each other like there's no way we would ever put it on ourselves before we put it on her, on our daughter. But uh, the concept is powerful, is we've got to take care of ourselves. And to take care of yourself is to be mindful, to be cautious, but at the same time, to not let yourself get too far into your into a spiral of thoughts that can become dangerous. For instance, be just be mindful. To ask yourself, is this really worth having this level of fear about? And if it's not, let's come back to some sense of balance. And the key... We'll talk about emotional management. The key to finding that balance is accurate language. The more exaggerated our language, the more extreme we feel. So if we think something is awful or terrible or it always happens or it never happens, we're probably going to have a lot of anxiety. We're probably going to have a lot of fear. But if we can use accurate, balanced language, then there's a good chance that we're going to experience that same situation in a vastly different way. So be mindful about the self-talk that you have. Be mindful about that language because it can radically shift the way you experience life. Accurate, balanced language is very, is, it's extremely powerful. And you like how I modified that with extremely powerful, but that's an accurate descriptor for what accurate language does. So I do this technique with people and I want to do it with you right now. Think about if there's somebody that you're upset with. If there's somebody you're angry with, if a situation happened today that was just a bit much for you, then I want you to try this technique out. Listen, this show is called Emotional Management. We're giving you tools to manage those emotions. So, all right, so think about a situation that angered you. Think about a situation that was explosive, what, anything. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to describe that same situation without adjectives. Think about what that could do. Oh, I can't believe that. No good son of a blood did whatever. Versus I was driving down the road and a car pulled in front of my car. Vastly different. Embrace accurate language. The more accurate your language, the more balanced your feelings. When you see this stuff and you see alert, 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 just stop for a moment briefly and ask yourself, how do I work this problem? How do I work this problem? If you need to drop your energy, like I dropped my energy as a center fielder and didn't run backwards too fast or run forward too quickly, but paused to assess the situation. That's what we need to do. Pause to assess the situation. And if you need help in that pause, give us a call. 866-391-1020. There is still time to talk. 
But today we're here at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. 866-391-1020 is the number. So I was talking to a young mother today who has two children, six and three. And she said, my six-year-old really struggles with impulsivity. He's impulsive. She said she struggles with getting him to listen. And so we're talking about the four C's. If you're new to the show or the work I do, I, I have what I call my four C's of parenting, which are choices, consequences, consistency, and compassion. And look, these four C's I believe in powerfully. I develop them. My wife and I have raised our daughter with them. Here's the deal. When we are able to implement these, we help guide our children down a path in a way that helps them be conscious. In other words, your children are always going to have a choice. They do have a choice in every given situation. Whether you acknowledge that or not is up to you, but they do have a choice. They even have a choice not to listen to you. But the if they choose not to listen to you, then there's the consequence. And that's where you kind of... But there's a consequence if they do listen, because that's a good consequence or a positive one. But above these four C's, when we're talking about impulsivity and parenting and how do we get our children to be less impulsive, there's a really simple question I have to ask. I asked her today and I want to ask it to you all. And that's this. If you, and this, if you're a grandparent and you're giving guidance to your children who are parenting, if you're a parent out there, here's my, here's my guidance for you. When you think about uh, if your child wants to be good at basketball, what are you going to say to them? You're going to say, well, you've got to practice basketball. And if you say to your, if your child says, well, I want to be, uh, I want to be a musician. Well, then you've got to practice music. Now, if, if someone is struggling with impulsivity, how do they get good at impulse control? They practice it. So you have to set up an environment where you can help your children practice impulse control. And so to that young mother, who I know is listening tonight, here's the deal. The more you practice peace, the more your children will experience peace. The more you practice impulse control, the better they're going to get at it. It's going to take effort. It's going to take practice, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. So think about this. If we practice sitting still, and this is really how uh, my wife and I got uh, taught our daughter to meditate. It started with, you know, 30 seconds here and there. But even if 30 seconds seems insurmountable right now, go to 15 seconds and sit still. Sit still with your children for 15 seconds. And sit in that stillness. And if they choose to scratch or move within that time frame, say, that's okay. I love you. We'll just start again. And sit with loving kindness and patience and be able to sit until they can sit still for that amount of time. And then once they can do 15 seconds, do 30. And then from 30 to a minute, two minutes, ultimately, even at a minimum, I would advocate people do five minutes of meditation a day because when you do five minutes of meditation a day, it makes physiological changes in your brain. But when it comes to this impulse control and having control, if we want to get good at it, we've got to practice it. 
So to all of you out there who have young children, if you want them to master impulse control, please teach them impulse control. Teach it first and foremost by how you live because how you live is being observed much more keenly than what you might want. But impulse control is controlled by practicing it. And my goodness, there's so many situations. So one of the easiest things you can do is set up a situation where you role play. Show me what it's like to not have impulse control right now. In other words, show me what it's like to just do whatever you want. Okay, now we get it. Now let's role play. You got a consequence. And let's play that out. Let's make a game out of it. Now let's role play. You did the same thing with control. How do you feel? Think about this. When you talk through that, when you talk to children who just implemented self-control, they feel better. They feel more what's called self-efficacy because they were able to navigate a difficult situation. And once you learn to navigate difficult situations, it feels good because guess what? Life's going to bring you a lot of difficult situations. So as a parent, as a parent who is attempting to work on impulse control with her children, my advice to you is to say, practice the stillness that you want your son to have. And the more you practice the stillness that you want your son to have, the better he'll get at it. So let me wind this show down with coming back to my theme of you as a leader, emperor, king, queen of your internal world. You're the only one who has a say over the laws in the world of your mind. You're the only one who has a say over what thoughts get to be promulgated disperse spread and what thoughts are going to be die dying out you are in control of your mind let me ask you this are you happy with your internal world is your internal world a place of peace because if your internal world is not a place of peace then it's probably not the best time to go out and tell other people how the world should be it's probably not the best time to go off and tell other people that they need to get control over their internal worlds when your own is at unrest. Now, no one knows the answer to this question, but you, you alone know this answer. What is your internal kingdom like? Is it peaceful? Is it chaotic? Is it a war zone? What is it like? Whatever it's like, you can create the internal world that you want. But it's going to take effort. It's going to take practice. It's going to take filling your bucket with what you want to be in your bucket. It's going to take filling your mind with what you want to be in your mind. If you want peace in your mind, put peace in your mind. If you want to be aware, then put things in your mind that can help you be more aware. And if you need some help along the way, give us a call. We're here every week. Every week um, on Monday nights from 8 to 10 emotional management here on kdk radio love doing this show appreciate hearing from people from all over both on the written questions that they sent in and also on the phone calls we appreciate hearing from you and we definitely appreciate you tuning in i'm honored and humbled that people tune into this show and into the youtube channel if you had another chance to check it out check it out go to youtube.com check out type in dr christian conti c-o-n-t-e and you'll get a chance to see what it's all about and if you're at the bookstore, pick up Walking Through Anger. Hey, listen, I appreciate you every week. I appreciate you listening, writing in. 
the energy, the phone call, the the emails. Definitely appreciate that support. Until next time, as always, I wish you much peace. We'll be back next week, 8 to 10, on KDKA.